26 million. That is a big number. Multiple choice here. What does that number represent? A, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's compensation last year. B, the number of companies whose stock price dropped this week. C, the number of Americans that filed for unemployment. You're correct if you pick letter C. 26 million is the number of Americans filing for unemployment in the last five weeks. So that is a lot of people out of work. In fact, it's a record. So the bigger question is, when will all those people get back to work? In this edition of FinTech Friday, step-by-step, step, the key stages to the consumer economic recovery. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on April 24th, and this is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. On the show today, we discuss how record unemployment is having a big impact on the economy, spending, and the FinTech and credit card businesses. What should we expect in terms of economic recovery? The unemployment rate and consumer spending are highly correlated. The more unemployment there is, the less spending there is. And spending is important because it makes up nearly 70% of the US economy. So when employment slows, as it has dramatically in the past several weeks, it has ripple effects all over the US and global economies. Now, one company that has unique insights in all of this is TransUnion. TransUnion is one of the big three credit bureaus. So every time you open up a credit card, take out a mortgage or finance a new car, they know about it. They generate several billion dollars in revenue every year and are one of the leading data businesses in the country. Paul Siegfried is senior vice president and head of their financial institutions business, and he's with us on the show today. In our interview, we learn how consumers are behaving differently in this downturn, when we can expect the economy to bounce back, and the one thing banks should never do to unemployed consumers. Uh, good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm fine, Silvio. Good morning to you as well. Thank you. Um, and I'm speaking to you, I think you're in Chicago today. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. In uh, not so sunny April, Chicago. Okay. So winter isn't quite over yet in Chicago. What's the situation in Chicago around coronavirus? Yeah, it's very similar as we see around other major cities in the United States where we haven't necessarily seen the decrease and bend in the curve as much as we'd like to have seen. And so, it, uh, you know, in Chicago, we're feeling still a, a you know, high level of concern. And, uh, you know, I think that's impacting people's lives. You know, the big question everybody wants answered is, we know the economy slowed down quite a bit, but when is the economy going to start to recover? You guys at TransUnion, you see all the different credit accounts that were opening up and you can see whether consumers are increasing or decreasing their use of credit. Do you have a sense as to when the economy is going to start recovering and we're going to see consumers increasing their credit card accounts and, um, and using more of those credit lines are available? Well, at TransUnion, as you stated, while we've got access and, and have certain insights, we do believe that there'll be three phases uh, to this uh, event. And, and we're still in what we would see as the crisis phase. 
uh, where the immediate first step of that crisis phase was uh, people taking care of uh, their necessities. And that's when we saw a significant push uh, in terms of folks uh, needing to buy uh, their food, to buy other staples for the home. Uh, and, and we definitely saw that uh, within the crisis phase. And as we, we look towards, to your point, when will this end? Well, we still need to get through what we would call a recovery or a reconstruction phase. Uh, and we see that being the second phase. And, and that's a little bit different. That recovery or reconstruction phase will be a phase where things start to open up in the economy. Folks uh, do go back to work. It's going to be a little bit different in terms of how uh, and the timing uh, of that type of recovery and reconstruction. I think that most uh, folks are not expecting it to be an immediate bounce back, but it's a, something that's going to take a little bit of time uh, to get back to what, what we would then call a new normal. So in some ways, it's too early to be asking that question when we recover, because there's three stages, uh, crisis, um, recovery, and new normal. And we're in that very first one, which is the crisis. Um, really, really um, good point there. Now, 26 million, um, that's the number government reports suggest have filed for unemployment in the last five weeks. That's a gigantic number. And how is that number of unemployment claims impacting the economy? And specifically, I'm interested in credit and credit card lending. Well, certainly so many people's lives have been impacted by moving into this low mobility state that we're in, uh, where so many folks uh, are remaining in their home, remaining uh, indoors, uh, and not either traveling to a work location or in uh, the case that you stated, 26 million folks uh, who have lost their employment uh, during this time. And as one would expect, we are seeing within the economy that impact uh, spending. So consumers uh, spending on all types of products, uh, specifically consumer spending beyond what we would call the necessities. Uh, so beyond food or fuel um, has been significantly impacted at this time. And that reaches over to credit. So when we think about how will that impact, well, if folks uh, have less need to spend, if folks would have less need to borrow uh, over uh, the last four to six weeks as well. You know, I'd like to talk about another um, set of threes, and it's the three different global regions that were impacted by coronavirus. First region was clearly China and Asia. Um, second to be hit was uh, Europe. Um, and third to, to be hit is, is America um, and, and North America in general. So my question among those three regions, like which one do you think is going to be the first to recover? I think that there's two sides to that recovery. One is, uh, is there a health side to that recovery, which will occur first, and then that economic uh, recovery. And I don't think that we get to the economic recovery unless we have the first. And I think that we are seeing decrease in those curves in Asia, where we see markets in Asia being healthy, but we're also seeing in Asia right now, the economy isn't healthy because in a global economy, you have an interdependence. Uh, of these regions on each other. I think we're seeing Europe being that second economy that was impacted. Uh, looks like their numbers are, are showing that they're on the way to recovery from a health perspective. 
and then finally where we are in the United States, you know, it does sound like uh, within our headlines that, that we've been in this peak period uh, for about the last week and a half. Uh, if that is indeed the case, we can start to, to see a point in time uh, where we become healthy and we can look forward to that economic recovery. Yeah. Now, I think it's fair to say that most of us were very surprised by the scale of the impact of COVID-19 on our jobs and our personal lives. But one question I have for you is, have you been surprised by any of the ways in which consumers have reacted to COVID-19? Are consumers reacting to COVID-19 in their spending and credit utilization in ways that maybe weren't expected from uh, a global uh, economic downturn? Well, I think, first of all, the answer is yes. And as we think about the consumer response to this, again, tying back to um, certainly these the, the 26 million folks who at this point have either permanently or temporarily uh, become unemployed, uh, all the folks need a way or a path to do those basic things, which is uh, be able to eat and, and pay the basic bills to keep our lights on. And when we look at that, I think that there is uh, a very important difference uh, from this economic downturn to the ones before it. And and one of those is that we're in a low mobility state, meaning many people, they're having goods and services delivered to them. And that is unprecedented. And we think back to the other downturns, either the services may not have existed at all or were very limited in existence. And today, the fact that you can have so many things delivered to your home, uh, whether it's groceries or anything else, it means that you need a way to order and pay for those goods. And I think we've seen definitely the importance of payment cards, credit cards, debit cards, uh, as having a higher level of utility in a low mobility state, because it's, that's the way uh, that you have folks um, bring those things to your home. Now, if you're a bank, um, and, and a lot of your customers are banks, um, you pointed out that you know every recession is is the same in some ways, but also very different in uh, in other ways. What is the biggest mistake you should avoid making during this specific downturn? I think the biggest mistake would be uh, a lender and how they interact with their customer or their member. You know, historically, uh, you know, lending is a process where you take risk and you're, you're lending money to a consumer on the promise that they're going to pay you back. And if they don't, you're going to collect from them or repossess that asset like a car or foreclose on a home. And what's different about this is, again, the immediacy, the, the timing of this uh, coming so quickly uh, and the loss of jobs being so quick and, and severe uh, that I, I think banks have done an outstanding job of interacting with consumers. I think that, that in many ways they've been leaders uh, of all industries in outreach to customers. Uh, and that the, the biggest mistake I think you could have is, is a lender uh, that would come across as, as not being uh, accommodating in the current situation. Yep. So staying flexible for the banks is really, really important. And using digital to engage uh, with, with customers is really important. Paul, thanks for your amazing insights. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. And uh, I want to ask you to stay warm up there in Chicago. Spring is around the corner and I look forward to being in touch again soon. 
Well, Silvio, thank you so much for your time today. uh, And good luck to everyone in this difficult time. Stay healthy, Paul. Bye. Coming right up, some thoughts on the economic recovery and how it happens. The letter L, the letter W, and the letter V. Those are the three letters that business people and economists talk about when they describe the shape of the economic recovery. Each type of recovery has different implications for the fintech and global credit industry. So the L-shaped recovery is the doomsday scenario. Think about the L as a graph. So the long part of the L is the dramatic decline in the economy that we're experiencing now. But then we hit bottom and we flatline. That's the short part of the L. In this kind of scenario, you never come back. The new normal is no growth and the economy is stuck in a morass for a long time. For fintech companies, this is where it gets ugly. Credit card spending is stuck at a low level. Banks start canceling people's credit cards and funding dries up for new ventures because there's no economic growth. The W-shaped recovery is a little bit different. It's also referred to as the double dip recession. What happens is that we decline and bounce back. Then we dip again and then recover again. This type of double bounce recession is what many economists and public health doctors are worried about. They're concerned that we may leave shelter in place too soon, that consumer spending increases, and then wham, out of nowhere, COVID-19 makes a comeback and the economy goes back into recession before recovering slowly again. For companies in our industry, this type of recovery is really difficult to navigate. For example, many merchants end up failing in this type of scenario because if they survive the first dip, they stock up, they think things are great, they build inventories and hire, only to fail in the second dip of the recession. For banks, a W-shaped recovery is also incredibly inefficient because after two dips in a row, well, most of the bankers remain risk-averse and they remain very tight on lending, even longer than normal. The third type of recovery is a V-shaped recovery. This is how optimists like me see it. So in this situation, the economy declines rapidly, but then it makes just as rapid a recovery. This is the least harmful scenario for the economy because while many consumers in the economy will take a hit, they'll recover quickly and the pain is short-lived. Now, the V scenario looks likely only if a vaccine is found quickly for COVID-19. That is, of course, possible, but it's not yet clear that it is probable. So nobody really knows what the shape of the economy and what the shape of the recovery will be, whether it'll be an L, a V, or a W. Perhaps it's too soon to tell. But if I were a betting man, and, and, and I'm not, I would put my money on a V-shaped recovery. V is also the first letter in victory. So let's hope that the shape of things to come is a V. Thanks for listening. 
For FinTech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, talk to you next week. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.